Welcome to the Mom Village Podcast. We are three multicultural moms sharing our journey through motherhood with the Christ Center Foundation. For information and resources, visit us at our church's website at gofamilychurch.org. Or you can also email us at themomvillage at gofamilychurch.org. And please go over and follow us on Instagram at themomvillagefc. We're glad that you're here and welcome to our village. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Village. We are so excited you're here with us. My name is Gismarie Ramos, and I'm here with my ladies, Kira Kelly. Hey, Village. And Kristen Scroggins. Hey, ladies. And we have an amazing episode with an amazing new friend. I cannot wait to dive in. Heidi Martin. Hi. Is with us. Heidi Martin is with us. Welcome, Heidi. And we're on episode one called Launching Your Kids. But Kristen, tell us who this amazing friend is. Introduce her a little bit and yeah, what this episode is about. Okay, so I have been a fan of Heidi Martin from afar for a while. Actually, this is really funny because she came to my son Stephen's graduation party last year. And I'm like, I'd love to get together for dinner with you and Randy, but we don't want to We don't want to impose because he's the headmaster of the largest Christian school in town, super busy. Everybody always has an agenda. And I'm like, and she goes, what? We've been wanting to get together for dinner with you guys too, but we didn't want to ask you. And I'm like, Yay. And so sometimes, like, I felt like, oh, maybe they don't want us to be their friends. Not because she did anything wrong, but, you know. I get that. My thing is don't assume that in people. If you want to get to know somebody, get to know them. And it has been a treat to get to know you. She's super funny. She's very wise. She is a great mom, a great wife. And I am excited for our village to get to know you today, Heidi. So tell us a little bit. Who is Heidi Martin? And who are your people? Okay, well, thank you for having me. Well, I am a 53-year-old mom. That's what I am. And I grew up in Palm Beach County, so that's where the church that I attend is. And I work at a high school. It's a K-12 school, and I am a teacher there. And I've recently moved positions to actually work for my husband. Hmm. (laughs) It was a dangerous move, but it's working out. Dangerous or wise? Well, well, now it's wise, but it was at first we weren't sure how that was going to go. But I'm actually working at the school that I attended. So I've been in the same place for a long time. And then I went to school in the same area. So I've been in Palm Beach County a really long time. I have a husband, as I've mentioned, his name is Randy. He is the president at the school that I work at. And then I have two um, adult children. My daughter's 24. Her name's Christy, and she just spent a year teaching in Taiwan. And she has recently come back, which I'm happy about. But that was a big, long process of when you're launching your kid, you're really launching that one. My son, Kyle, is 22, and he's about to graduate from school and go to law school next year. He was valedictorian of his class, and he did have a speech that he did, and it went viral. How many views has that had now on YouTube? On YouTube, maybe 22 or 23 
million. Million. Mm-hmm. Go yeah. watch it. It's really great. Yeah. It actually, because it went on other social media networks, it has over 200 million like throughout the world. And um, he talks about Jesus in it and stuff. So it was pretty exciting to watch that happen. So that was kind of a cool thing. But these are my people and I've raised the two kids and I have a husband and I'm almost done, I feel like. <laughs> You're not, because then they're because then they're gonna have their people and then it starts all over again. But what I do wanna just say that Heidi's children, Christy and Kyle, are brainiacs for one thing. They're really smart. They are academically, yes, smart. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just teasing because they might hear this. <laughs> they are very intelligent and they do always try to do the right thing. Yeah. And they have great people skills. They're so yeah. fun. Personable. Yeah, they are. And so these would be kids that you would be proud to know and enjoy being around. They're not weirdos. You know, they're just they're just fun people, right? And so I'm telling you this because some of you may not know her and know her family, but I want you to picture normal but super sharp, really great people to know. So Heidi, so you said you went to the school and then you graduated of the school and now you're working in the school and you're married to the president of the school. Okay, so you got to give us a little background. Like how, how do you, you met like, the men, this men of your dreams that is now leading this school, I mean, that you're working with now. We, we need to know. Okay, so basically, we went to college together, but I didn't know him until my last year of college. So I was actually dating somebody for four years, expecting a ring. And then that, you know, ring in spring type of situation didn't happen for me. It was spring and dump. And so I just spring break my last semester. And it was it was it was awful. But I had been friends with my husband now for a while. So he saw the turmoil and the, I wouldn't, I don't know if I say toxic relationship because that's like a buzzword now, but it probably was. And he saw all of that happen. So he kind of was actually just there for me. He knew, he knew. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to be there for her. He must have because he waited about two weeks and then we went out, went out to the movies to try to cheer me up. (laughs) Such a nice guy. Such a wise man. I do want to add one little tidbit here. Let me hear it. We were working together in a tutoring center and I was hired that semester or that year to be his boss. And just again, he applied for the job and he didn't get it. And I got it. And I was his boss. And now the tables have turned. And he is my boss, so it's fair. It's fair. Somebody's humbling themselves, but that's okay. I love it. (laughs) That's awesome. So you guys met during college. And tell us a little bit more. So when do you guys get married? A year and a half or two years later, we got married. And we've been married for 28 years. And we had two children. And that's it. We've done a lot of things. Do you guys always live here in the area? or Mm -hmm. So you're native West Palm Beach? Yes. I've I've been here my whole life. Yeah. Somebody like you. Two people at the table. You're not, are you? No. Okay, yeah. It's rare to meet native West Palm. So can you share a piece of advice that has helped your marriage through life's ups and downs? I'm pretty sure in those 28 years... That has And then there's so many, but we just want you to pick some of those specific ones that we know our village will be. Okay, well, I just want to first state for those of you in like your teens, you know, get married and stuff, you're probably in a like a rough time or just at the beginning, you're in the rough time. I'm talking about how long you've been married. So just my experience with marriage in general is that there's obviously good and bad times. The first few years were 
pretty rough just to get to use to each other. And then when you get the kids, then it's a whole new stress of it that you have to adjust as well. And then when you start doing crazy things and like we sold everything we owned and we bought a truck and an RV and then we went around the country for 13 months with our kids, then that creates an additional stress like you weren't expecting. And then the teenage years of your kids creates. So I'm just talking about just between me and my husband, there is this stress. I guess I don't have one example. There's just so many usual examples that everyone goes through. But what I do would like, what I would like to say is this, even though you have these tough times, I can look back and say, I've had all these great times as well. But I think some people, when they're in marriage, they look at the tough times and they can't see the end of the tough times. And so what I've learned looking back through it is that these tough times, and I'm talking again, whatever causes that stress, or even between your relationship, they can end if you're willing to compromise and work together. And I do have to give credit to my husband. He was way better at that than me. I am an emotional, crazy person. And so he was always the one who a lot of times did the compromising. And so to people who are the compromiser, like you're the one you feel like you're always giving it up and stuff like that, I encourage you to keep doing that because one day you're going to see the results. And so when I look back now, I notice that life does change all the time and that bad times can end and good times can come. And when you think the bad times are over, don't get your hopes up that they're not coming back, but just know how to handle them a little better than the last time, if that makes sense. Oh my gosh, I love it. That's so good. So this topic is near and dear to me, launching your kids, because I think I'm kind of, Eric and I are kind of right in the middle of that season. We've kind of launched two at home. Can you share with our audience, like how specifically has God used that whole process of launching to make your marriage even stronger? Well, you got to work together. I mean, that's first. If Like we have to understand what the plan is. What is your ultimate goal for your kids? Not that you're living your life or setting out the map for them. I don't mean that. But I meant like what is the – we don't want to have regrets. So what are we going to try to instill in them before they go? So us working together in that situation, having a common goal in that, that has helped strengthen. But I will say the act of launching. So I – Maybe we're talking about college here. So that's kind of what I have in my head when your kids are out for college. I mean, we know they come back, but they're really gone. (laughs) Just the leaving, them being out of the house strengthens your marriage to a certain degree because that is now having to redirect your focus onto your spouse. And while you're like dreading that day when it comes, if you are willing to have an open heart and you're willing to do the work, you get back together. And now we're focusing what I was focusing on the kids. I'm focusing on my husband, whether that's giving him advice or being involved or helping. It frees my time up and his time up to be more attentive to each other. Let me ask you something, because you said something very vital here for younger moms that are listening. Sometimes moms, and we say this in the podcast all the time, is to be marriage center. And there's an importance why we keep saying marriage center, because if you're a child center all the time, we get to that point that you just share when your kids are launching to the new season in their lives, and then you go back to your husband and guess what? You're being child center for so long that you don't know what's happening in your marriage. And then tell our younger moms why it's so vital to be marriage center. 
Well, here's the problem with that question to me. If I were honest, I would have to say that I was kid-centered. I mean, I'm I'm kid-centered as far, like, I'm not sure what you've all discussed, but I am kid-centered for the reason that is my job. It's not as if I'm ignoring my husband, but I have, I would say that would be one of my failures. So just doing everything for the kids. And at certain times, I will have to admit, I did put maybe the kids above my husband's feelings. And there are two or three examples where I've had to go back to my husband and apologize because I have actually done that. So I can speak to the topic out of failure, to be honest, with the, I was conscious of it always. So then I would you know, how we try to adjust. It's just like, we're doing this. Like, it's like, I'm on a diet and then I'm not on a diet. It's more like that situation. So it wasn't like a, a big problem. I wouldn't say he would even say it was a huge problem, but at moments and major moments, I would have to have to say I, I failed in that area. So how did, how did I handle it? Because I'm sure a lot of women have failed in this area. I would have to say admitting it and apologizing for it, and then adjusting. And you keep making these minor adjustments as you go through life and you get better at it. And I will say the last couple of years, while the kids have been in college, I have purposely made a shift because they are, they've come back and we've also had to give advice and we've had to do things and we've had to do all like that kind of stuff. But I do feel myself being more in step and seeing, well, I remember last time I didn't do that and I'm not feeling that. So now I'm going to now do that. So in a way, if you can work through even your failures in your marriage or in the thing where you feel, oh, I just feel so bad, I do this. Well, don't feel bad. Just do it the next time right. Just learn and move on. And I think that strengthens the marriage. Wisdom from Heidi. This is why we have you here. Because the truth is God does teach us things in our failure that points us to needing him. Mm -hmm. And then it really, because you were humble enough to recognize it, it's pushed you closer to Randy. And now now y'all can't get enough of each other. Now y'all are just working together every day. <laughs> 24-7. What I love is like our mom village that is listening. None of us have it together. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of moms that are listening to you that can relate and be like, I actually feel like I'm in that stage where she was at the beginning. And we don't got it together. But this is the encouragement when we put God as our center, like we were saying in a previous podcast, we can get it together only if we put it in God's hand. And we, like you said, just what? Yes, I made a mistake. I messed up or I learned from it and let's move on because we don't stay in the brokenness. We have the hope of Christ that can redeem our story. Well, I think most moms have to fight against the urge of being child-centered. I mean, it's part of what makes us a mom, right? I mean, our job is to love, protect, nurture. One of our pastors asked his wife one time, like, if we were in an ocean and we were all drowning, I want you to know I would save you first. He's saying that to his wife. I I would save you first. And he said, who would you save first? Blank stare. She was like, you're going down. Yeah. (laughs) You got it. You got it, honey. But he said, that's what I would want you to do. I would want you to get the kids. It's not your job to take care of me. But we have that mindset all of the time. We got the kids. They've got everybody. And so that's not necessarily all wrong. No, I don't think it's wrong. It's not. But it's just... 
if we you have to watch the slow slide for too much direction in that way because your marriage is saying something to your kids. If I can interject, yeah. I think sometimes, like if I were just sitting listening to someone speak on this topic, I think when you say child-centered, I think people, moms, think about something entirely different than what you are intending it. So my interpretation of child-centered is not making sure, like never cook them anything else or never run them to their practice or something like that, but to be aware of you're doing the job, like you said, like our job is to train up our child. Once you have them, it's your job to do that and get them ready for a successful launch. But I think it's to not dismiss your husband. He's a part of it. And so in the dismissal, we have put our kids above it. It's not really the tasking of it. It's not like, oh, we haven't had a date night for a month. I wouldn't say like going on dates is putting your husband above the kids. It's not the actions. It's the heart behind it, like the marriage part where I have now placed the kids above my husband wishes or desires or wants, needs or suggestions or whatever it is. It's huge. Yeah. It's the dismissal of the other person and you know best and you can do that. Let's just train them together. Yeah. Heidi, that's huge. And that's marriage centered, doing it together, training your children together, right? It's not like you neglect the kids in the corner so you can go do stuff with your husband. Thank you for sharing that because the world defines it the way you were saying. Like if you, somebody that does not know Christ, and if you're listening to the podcast and you might be like, oh, I can't understand what she's saying because the world defines it in a different way. And I love, and I thank you for explaining it because we want to be clear the way we are approaching this subject the way you explain it, the way God created us to nurture, like Kristen, you were saying, to nurture, to care. But yet there's this relationship with our spouses of doing it together as one. Yeah, doing it together, not feeling like you have to protect your kids from your husband because he's too harsh or he's too, he doesn't get them like we do when really he might have a different perspective that's right because he's a little more removed than we're not so emotionally invested. So great word, Heidi. Let me ask you this, switching a little bit to becoming an empty nester, how did the feel of your home change hit that season of launching your kids? Well, Chrissy was the first to leave. So it's nice when you have multiple children because then it's not so harsh, like the void and everything. So my daughter left for college first. And at that end of her senior year, I did start to do a transition with her into friendship. And so we would spend more time together. Like, you know, we did target runs and I was viewing her more as an adult as she was 18 and this and that, because I wanted after college for her to be one of my best friends. So when she left, there was a void inside, a hole, a missing, a longing for a best friend to be there. And when you are friends with your kids, you miss them, just like you would miss a friend who moved away. So that was tough. And then Kyle uh, left a couple of years later, and what he has in the house is a lot of energy, the hustle and bustle, in and out type of situation. But he's a good communicator, so he loves to talk, and he talks all the time, and not in a bad way, but in a conversational way. The big thing when he left, it was like, 
he always asked me how I was doing. You know, as moms, we're always doing the fixing and the advising and this, but there's something about, there is something about him where he actually is interested in my day and stuff. And I'm not saying the other two are not, they are, but he just made it a point. Like, that was his gift. Right? It is. He wants to know. So I missed that part about him. When your kids are gone and it's shocking when they both are gone, then it's like, well, what do I do now? The kind of quote, boring situation you might have. So then we had to learn to focus on the work, the balance, the entertainment, that kind of stuff, and try to learn how to do different things together. Do life differently. So how did you mourn or even celebrate once Kyle was gone? Okay. So as far as the mourning is, there's some people who because we work at a school, so we see the like the senior moms. Okay, Kristen, she's about to talk about us. I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel it. Can y'all see me sinking down in my chair? <laughs> no, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay, okay. Well, don't cry now, okay? But we see them go through the year, and they're very emotional that things are the last. I was the same way. So I would encourage anybody ready to launch the the couple months before. You need to start embracing your emotions. Like, if this is the last time they're going to be in that play, okay. This last time they're going to hit that ball, okay. And instead of dismissing it, oh, I'll cry later, cry now. Cry now. Get the picture now. Do it now. And so what happened to me is when graduation hit for both Christy and Kyle, I was already cried out. And you know what? I was so excited that now they get to go and do it. Everything, that all the training, everything. God has given them, we've trained them, and now we're ready to see them be successful. So I was celebrating at the end because I had allowed my emotions just to like wreck me for those last times. It's like closure. So what about when your daughter went to Thailand? No. Where'd you go? Taiwan. Mm -hmm. And you know, Taiwan's in the news and it's been in the news a couple of years. So she was there last year. And I will say that was probably one of the toughest things she did and me. Having her over there with nobody, nobody to look after, no one to care, no spiritual guidance, no nothing. So we FaceTimed a lot. I don't suffer from anxiety, but that really threw me. Is she going to be safe? Is she going to be that kind of stuff? So that was a big, all my years have been prayer years for my kids, but that one was, mm -hmm. and when she left, I went up to her room and I cried for probably 20 minutes on her bed. It was a crazy, but I knew I had to get it out and pray she came home safe. And she did. And she did. So... Tell our village, what did you discover about yourself or did you pursue any new adventures when you became an empty nester? Or you just said they always come back. So empty nester yes. for a season. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So what I discovered is that I don't have any hobbies. Oh. I just work. Right. Because your kids were your hobbies. And you I, watched their stuff. Exactly. Yeah. That's where Jimmy and I are right now. And we're yes. still loving it. We have a middle schooler, so we're good. Yes, you are. But, yes, you are. But you do realize, what do I do? Yeah. What do I do? <laughs> I, didn't. I didn't know that. Well, I... I'm on this podcast now, so okay, that's pretty that's cool. A You're a podcaster. <laughs> no, but I've started writing things or just speaking. Or when someone asks me, I decided I'm just saying yes now or that kind of thing to see what I can do besides work. I discovered when they were gone that I do enjoy them. So I do want to make sure that I cultivate that relationship well. And I would encourage people to do that. And then my husband and I, we've tried pickleball and we are going to RV and stuff like that. So 
that's a good part of being an empty nester that you do oh. kind of rediscover or discover who you are after your kids. Exactly. Because, and I always tell everybody I'm so old. I always think, oh, I'm probably almost done being effective or being like, nobody really wants to be around me. But then I'm discovering that I have more time. So just being available to have conversations maybe is my hobby. I don't know. Let me just tell you that Heidi Martin is loved at the King's Academy. And if she walks down the hall, everybody's like, Miss Martin, Miss Martin. And so you are not old and you're not going anywhere because those kids love you and need you. And part of why is because you invest in them and you care about them and they feel it and they know that it's true. So it's not just your own children. God has given you this greater field of kids and young people to to be influencing All right. What words of wisdom can you share with a young mom that listens and is not really in this season of launching kids? Like what about the mom that isn't there yet even, but might be coming upon it or even even young moms, anything doesn't have to do with launching. It can. What you got? Well, I could probably tell them to try not to dread the event because you as a mom have been given this job. It's coming, whether you like it or not. So I would say get yourself focused on what what your job is, which is to raise good and honest members of society that can hopefully influence people in a positive way, as well as raising soldiers in God's kingdom that they will take up his will for their life, which will include advancing his kingdom, the gospel, in whatever way he chooses. And this may sound harsh in a little bit, but this is my opinion. If you sit there and allow your emotions to get in the way of that job, right? You can have your emotions, but when they become in the way and you can't focus about anything else except for them leaving, all right, then you are doing a disservice to them because you are called to raise them for that purpose, to go out, right? And in turn, if you're doing your job, they will then in turn be a blessing to you because that's how the scripture tells us this is going to be. You are not called to raise them to fill voids in your life. Mm, I'm sorry. Can you say that again? Somebody needs to hear that again. You are not called to raise them to fill voids in your life and have them serve the purpose of making you feel needed. That's not why you raise these kids. In fact, and I've seen this, when parents raise their kids and then have control over them still or so involved and telling them what to do and all this kind of stuff, what they're actually doing is they're putting a wedge in their relationship with their child. It's like you think you're trying to keep it all together and you don't want anything to change and you don't want to feel bad about anything, but it's going to come back to bite you. And again, that's my opinion. It's just something to consider. No, it's right. And they pull away because they can. Of course. So what you want them to do is when they see your name pop up on their caller ID on their phone, when they drive down that street, you want them to be excited. Mom's calling, not 
Oh, mom's calling. I know, I know. So you let them go and let them do, and they come back. If you if you give them some breathing room, they come back. That's such wise words, Heidi. This is why we invited her. And not only for one episode, we're about to have her on another episode. So Heidi, thank you for being here, launching your kids. This is episode one. We're going to have her with episode two, and you don't want to miss either one of these, but episode two, she's got some really practical things that Maybe our kids want us to know, moms, buckle your seatbelt, sit tight. What do our kids want us to know as we're launching them? And then maybe some things that we don't even know how to articulate. She's going to help moms say, hey, okay, kids, you have a list, but we have one too. And so we're going to have that conversation next time. Yeah, but in the meantime, we're going to say goodbye together at the count of three. So ready, ladies? One, two, three. Bye. Bye.